0: Welcome to Archetypes and Anarchy, a podcast created by me, Courtney Floyd, and my introduction to fiction students at the University of Oregon in spring of 2018. Episode 23, Part 4 wrapping up. In this episode, I've asked students to record a brief discussion of what this whole experience, the course, podcasting, reading fairy tales, has taught them about why fiction matters, why archetypes matter, and what breaking them can accomplish. I've also given them the opportunity to revisit one of the episodes that they participated in this term and delve deeper analytically into what the fairy tale meant, what they have learned about it since that initial recording, and what they wish they had added originally.
1: Hello, this is Michael Kirkering, and I will be doing my wrap up podcast discussing my experience in the class and podcasting and fairy tales. So. Let's get into it. Um I think that this class did a really good job incorporating the podcasting side of things. Normally you have to write papers or do that type of stuff. Um and dealing with a topic like this, for me personally, I wasn't too excited about going and discussing fairy tales and like reading fairy tales and being involved with the stuff that we did with this class, but honestly the the podcasting side of it really made me open up my mind to wanting to do it more. Um, I've always been someone who can hold a conversation. I enjoy talking, and I hate writing papers. I have terrible ADD, and I have bad dyslexia, so reading and writing has always been hard for me, but I really enjoyed this class because we got to sit and podcast, and I've actually wanted to do a little bit of podcasting for uh, sports journalism, so this was kind of a nice introduction where I could learn how to do podcasting, but without even doing it for um, something that I was passionate about, and that was a good learning curve for me. Um, As far as fairy tales go, I hadn't really looked at or read a fairy tale in forever, um, and one thing that I thought was very interesting is that I thought I knew all these original fairy tale stories from movies I had seen as a kid or stories I had heard as a kid. And now I realize that most of those versions that I saw or enjoyed were actually retellings or just more modern interpretations. But because I was a child, I always viewed them as the original stories. So it was really interesting to read some of the original grim versions of these fairy tales and get a sense that, oh, okay, this is how they are originally written, the version I maybe grew up knowing was slightly retold, and now you can see a lot of these fairy tales being retold in even more modern versions today. Um, So that was really interesting for me, I thought, just looking at some of these old fairy tales, some of them obviously I'd never even really heard of, but specifically the ones I had heard of, and a lot of the stories that I thought I understood very well, I realized, oh, I only understand the Disney version that I saw as a kid or this one book version that my mom read me as a kid. And I actually, a lot of the times had never even read or heard of the original story. And I was surprised at how different some of the original stories are from these retellings, but also how some have just really not changed at all. And they just stay consistent over time. And I think, um, I talked about this in my group about our last Um, story we we read, which was Threshbeard, and about how culture can play an effect in that, so some stories, when they're written, um, there's no way they really work in modern times because of uh, sexism or just other cultural differences that we obviously don't have, being that a lot of these fairy tales are hundreds of years old and come from ancient Europe, so, but then some of the stories, you know, they stay exactly the same when they don't deal with some of the cultural stuff like that, so that was all very intriguing and interesting, and I gotta say, before the class, you know, I've always been a non-fiction fan when it comes to f- film, um, movies, books. When I was a child, obviously I liked uh, fiction, but growing up, just if it's not nonfiction, I have a hard time getting interested in it. But this class, I think, definitely showed me a little bit of so the importance of um, archetypes and of fairy tales. Fiction is a very important thing. It allows us to break down things in a way that we can't really do with nonfiction. Um, and again, I think there's just something important about the fantasy side of storytelling. And while nonfiction has its purpose, it can teach you valuable lessons, it's, it's history. Fiction is just, without us being able to get lost in fantasy and dive into fiction, I feel like we would have a lot of serious problems because it will it's almost like an escape for our minds to go into the fantasy world and experience these stories and interpret them in whatever way we want. You know, where with nonfiction, it's usually, hey, this is what happened. There's only really one way to interpret a lot of nonfiction, where fiction is totally wide open. And I think that's really something that I enjoyed about this class and these fairy tales and this fiction is being able to interpret it any way I want, and have a lot of crazy discussions, whether it be in the podcast with my group or just with other classmates, just discussing the fairy tales and what they mean and the different archetypes. So I really enjoyed the class. I really thought it opened up my eyes to fairy tales and archetypes, and I'm really glad that I took it, and I hope everyone else feels the same.
2: My name is Michael, and this is my wrap-up. This course has taught me how fairy tales have helped to shape some of the views we have on the world around us. It has shed some light on where they came from and how those views have changed through time. By reading different versions of fairy tales from different times and countries, I have learned about the values and belief systems of those societies. I have been able to see the underlying context of the stories and seriously consider how these stories affected me when I heard them. I no longer accept tales like Little Red Riding Hood for their face value, and I now look for the deeper meaning of the events in the story. The wolf could mean people of bad character wanting to consume Red Riding Hood's innocence or the temptations of the outside world taking from Red Riding Hood as she grows into adulthood depending on how the story is told or how we perceive the story when we read it. Listening to the podcast format allowed me to see how other people could view these stories differently even if we read the same versions. I remember how one group's Anarchy episode featured a Hansel and Gretel movie retelling, and how that person's analysis was much different from my own thoughts on the film when I first saw the same movie. This allowed me to gain multiple perspectives on the film and learn a different view and approach to the literature and the media I absorb every day. This was an interesting format because I was able to gain a group discussion perspective without having to sit through extra hours of class. It also allowed me to share my own perspective, and now I can look back on the recordings and see how my thought process has changed from beginning to the end of the class. Sometimes other people pointed out how a character fit into an archetype or symbol and theme popped out to them, which I hadn't picked up on during my own analyses of these tales. This was very enlightening for me to get a full picture of everything going on inside the tales. I noticed how some people in real life have been cast into the archetypes of these fairy tales as we were learning about them. I can see how The Little Mermaid was related to who Hans Christian Andersen was and how we view nice old ladies as fairy godmothers or secluded eccentric women as the croon. When a different version of the fairy tale broke through the archetype, it brought more depth to the characters and somehow allows people to look around these castings for what a person's character really is. Sometimes the people we see in life as the prince can be more the villain. When literature breaks through those roles, it can not only be a better read, but offer more intellectual value to a story and really make the reader reflect on the meaning of the story. I tell these fairy tales to my kids, which seems like it will help them to make faster decisions and help process the world around them as they grow up, but it can also hinder their thought process by not giving them a chance to learn for themselves and keep them locked into a certain way of thinking about the world. I also learned about what it takes to organize and put together these recordings. It's hard to make a recording sound natural, but without some kind of notes for preparation, I wouldn't know what to say. I learned how the recording process goes from the research stage to the editing stage and where obstacles can happen. I had to use good organizational skills as well as teamwork to get the recordings done on time. Overall, I would say I have gained a much clearer grasp on the recording process, as well as a new outlook on the storytelling world and the literature stories we share with others. Plus, I had a chance to find it and outline important, sometimes overlooked, symbols, motifs, and archetypes which bring about new life to childhood fantasies. Once again, this is Michael, and that was my wrap-up. Thanks for listening.
3: Hi, I'm Casey, and this is my Extra Credit podcast. My first recording that I did with my group in the beginning of this class was based on little brother, little sister... By the Grimm Brothers. By revisiting the analysis of my first recording, I can see what I would have done differently. I know that it was my first time recording and also my first time ever creating a podcast, so I was not very good at speaking or very good at explaining my thoughts in a coherent way. If I could go back and redo my first recording, I would definitely change a few things. I realize now how much of a summary my recording turned into when it was my time to speak. I retold the story in my own words rather than analyzing. If I could go back and change this, I would make sure to incorporate a deeper analyzation of the fairy tale Little Brother, Little Sister. I would also add more symbolism and relate it to the real world or modern fairy tales today, such as Hansel and Gretel. In the tale of Hansel and Gretel, we see a little brother and a little sister going about adventures and making mischievous decisions. This is similar to little brother, little sister, due to these same mischievous decisions and adventures. By analyzing little brother and little sister, I can connect this tale to other important archetypes and elements of fiction we have encountered throughout this term. One thing I can connect to this tale is Snow White. Although it is a vague connection, we see ideas of killing out of jealousy. The daughter and the wicked witch kill the mom and little brother, little sister. Although the mother is still there watching her child and listening to the life of the real world, she is not alive. In the modern-day tale of Snow White, we see a wicked witch as well, who attempts to poison the little girl, Snow White. We also see how the little girl locks herself in the woods with her dear brother, which is similar to Snow White in the sense that Snow White was locked away with her seven dwarves. After further analyzing this tale of little brother, little sister, we see a theme of strong family bonds. The brother trusts his sister very much. Every time the brother wants to drink from the water, the sister tells him no, and he listens to her. When the brother cannot take it any longer and succumbs to drinking from the spring, he turns into a deer. Although Little Sister now has a dear brother, she still loves him very much. She worries about him when the hunters come, and she stays by his side when he is hurt. This gives us an idea of how strong their family bond is, and how much they love and trust each other. Thank you for listening.
4: Hi, I'm Bailey, and this is my Extra Credit podcast. The first episode that my group took part in was the Archetype episode. Our group decided to read the story titled Little Brother and Little Sister by the Grimm Brothers that was first published in 1812. Since I was nervous, I made a number of mistakes, and I am now more experienced and able to go back and attempt to fix the issues. First, I would change the way we recorded the segment. I wish I made it more into a conversation rather than a proper assignment. Topics that I discussed sounded as if they were in bullet points instead of fully understanding what I was talking about. Additionally, I needed to dive deeper into my analysis. My original analysis was at surface level, and I needed to discuss my understanding of the important themes and archetypes. Looking back now, there is a theme of unconditional love. Between the brother and sister, they are determined to stay near each other and forever maintain a close sibling bond. Typically, siblings are known for not getting along and fighting over small things. However, similar to Hansel and Gretel, the brother and sister only have each other to rely on. This healthy relationship represents and shows maturity on behalf of both of them, but especially the sister. This fairy tale can be viewed as a coming-of-age story that shows the obstacles a young woman must go through. There are also important themes that are revealed in the story. One of them is animals, and more specifically, a deer. With more research, a deer represents sensitivity and gentleness. Throughout the beginning of the story, as the brother almost takes the chance to drink water and almost turn into a wolf or a tiger, but instead he listens to the sister and waits. When he cannot wait anymore, the water turns him into a tender deer that does not ever hurt or injure the sister. Instead, it frolics throughout the woods and just wants to enjoy the freedom of being outside, but always returns back to the house. Also, even as the king marries the little sister, she is determined to bring the deer and allow him to stay in the castle as well. The story dives into a deeper story about a wholehearted love, not only between the siblings, but also between the little sister and the little girl that she eventually gives birth to. As she is so loyal and focused on watching over her daughter, the strong love eventually brings her back to life. After analyzing the story and understanding it more thoroughly, I loved the meaning behind it. It is crucial to remember that Dedication and love are elements that play significant roles throughout all aspects of life. Thank you for listening.
5: Overall, this whole experience has taught me that fiction really does matter, especially in today's society where literary work really does have a lot of pressure on it to break typical archetypes. I've also learned that fiction and fairy tales specifically really do have a large array of different interpretations. Therefore, depending on who's reading the story and their personal experiences, as well as social and cultural context, there are many different interpretations that a reader can have with one story. Podcasting has really taught me a lot about discussing stories and archetypes. With essays, you simply express your own interpretation and analysis, however, with podcasting you really get to hear other people's interpretations, as well as discuss the meaning of those analyses. This is why I personally have gained a deeper understanding of the stories we've read, because I've gained more than just one interpretation of the story. Additionally, archetypes really do matter because archetypes play a huge part in societal expectations, and therefore breaking archetypes is an important aspect of influential literary work. More specifically, I feel that breaking archetypes has become especially important in today's society because our culture is changing in a way that doesn't, Want to project just one type of living and way of life. Um, To go deeper into that, we've looked at the damsel in distress archetype throughout this course. And in today's society, I feel like it's becoming really important to break the damsel in distress archetype because it's not just relevant to express a story where a woman is saved by a male hero figure. Um, It's now really important, and there's a lot of pressure on pieces of literary work and media to express the idea and story behind women becoming their own heroines. Um, And I think that is really important, especially in the archetypes we've seen in the stories. The damsel in distress archetype is one of the most common, if not the most common archetype. And so breaking that archetype is, in my opinion, very important because it demonstrates the change in past society and culture and current society and culture. Uh, based on the fact that we are putting pressure to change this archetype and its repetitiveness in different works of literature and media and film and TV and all of that. For instance, you know, digging deeper into the Damsel in Distress archetype, women and readers and men and all readers alike really want to read stories in which aren't confined by typical societal expectations for women to be saved by a male hero figure. So... Digging deeper into that, we really want stories that represent a large array of different experiences, which means breaking typical archetypes that were very present in past literary work and typical um, fairy tales. Also, I've really learned that fiction matters because it creates a database of stories that allow us to take a glimpse into past societies and cultures you know, like I was just saying, archetypes change based on society and culture and what's typical in that day and age, and so as these things change, so do our stories, and I think that's something I've really learned in this class, is that based on when something is written, the meaning of that story can change drastically. Overall, I think one of the most important things I've taken away from this course is that discussing literature is really important and influential in order to get the full effect of a piece of writing. I think specifically in our podcast, I've really learned this because I've gone to a podcast having my train of thought and my interpretation and analysis of a story. However, I've left the podcast session having a whole new understanding and different verticals and interpretations of a story. So you get to see more of a 360 view of a piece of writing and the archetypes that were presented, um, based off of the discussions that are had during a podcast, which I think is very important. Hi, I'm
4: Bailey, and this is my wrap-up recording. Initially, when I registered for English 104, I expected it to be a relatively basic and normal lecture. However, starting at the beginning of class, Ms. Floyd revealed to the students that we would be expected to participate in recording podcasts at least four times throughout the term. I was nervous at first, especially standing in front of the class on the first day to record our introduction pieces, but with practice, it got a little easier. I still don't know if I am used to or completely confident and comfortable with the process, but it it is definitely interesting. It is something that is absolutely new to me, so it took time getting used to. My first recording was a bit difficult and lacked some important aspects that Miss Floyd was looking for. I should have prepared a deeper analysis for the specific fairy tale that my group was assigned to. Also, I learned that it is important to be comfortable with the group members as one of the important elements to a successful podcast is having a flowing conversation. Next, as For the fairy tale readings that the class was responsible for, I really enjoyed them. As most children grow up with reading or eventually watching the fairy tales, it was very interesting to read the original versions. Each story had differing parts to it, for example, The Little Red Riding Hood, and even though it changed my perspective from the story I once grew up with, I still liked it. The varied versions of the Little Red Riding Hood that we read in class included violence and graphic details. Through the changes and moderations, we see that the once specific details are now deemed inappropriate for children, and they needed to be changed. The function of reading and analyzing fairy tales is to look deeper and understand the underlying symbolism within the story. The author purposefully includes specific items and carefully considers the word choice for a reason. For example, in the Snow White stories, the reader can understand patterns that are revealed all throughout the story. As Snow White comes in contact with a lace corset, a hair comb, and an apple, we can connect those dangerous symbols to beauty standard expectations. The story revolves around her beauty. Therefore, readers can interpret this as the struggles that one must face when it comes hand in hand with the pressure to fit into society and be viewed as beautiful. Today, people can closely relate to this unfortunate reality, especially with the influence of social media. Similarly to the evil stepmother, people are constantly comparing each other to other women. Sadly, The social media images that people want to be known for can damage others' self-images. Many stories that we read in class showed the effect of women's voices and power being stripped away. It is important in today's society to always respect one another and empower each other. Finally, even though this process was foreign and a little outside my comfort zone, I enjoyed the process more than I thought I would. I loved how fairy tales written years ago still find a connection to current events. The class was very informative, and I loved the alternative take on how we read fairy tales. Thank you for listening.
6: My name is Beau Scott, and this is my wrap-up recording. Over the course it's been kind of strange. Like, I've never really done podcasting before, and not like a traditional uh, way of doing things, but it's definitely been fun. My main worry is that it's simply, I simply am not as good as podcasting as, say, writing an essay or something. In terms of fairy tales, it's been fun reading them. Like, Actually getting to read, like, the original versions, like, the Peralt and, the like, Grimm versions, oh, and, like, A Thousand and One Arabian Nights, like, th- those were all great, like. The course overall has been just really enjoyable. It's a class that I just really find interesting and fun. It really taught me the importance of fiction. Like, fiction is one of the main ways in how we see the world around us, how we understand it, what defines our morality, and the archetypes. The archetypes are basically how we see each other. It's and surprisingly enough, archetypes can be the same kinds of archetypes can be found across all kinds of different cultures. You can even find the similar story structures, such as when we were doing Rapunzel stories. There was you know the classic Rapunzel as well as a a Filipino version, which I never knew, and yet is surprisingly similar, although although decently different. And of course, breaking these archetypes can accomplish great things. It can serve to make a story all the better. It shatters expectations uh, and it allows new meaning to be presented onto any story that we've heard. And you know what? I doubt I could have re- ever realized any of this without this course. It's really taught me this this importance of archetypes, the breaking and the breaking of them. So I must admit this course has been fantastic. But it's quite surreal, I guess. You know, you, never, you don't really expect college to be about reading fairy tales. But that's kind of what makes this course amazing. It's pretty much what college has always been sold to me. A place where you take courses that actually are interesting and fun. And sometimes altogether a bit strange. Like the podcasting. It's definitely something extremely new to me. I just feel like I'm not that great at talking. Like, you won't actually hear this, but while recording just this wrap-up alone, there were, like, a ton of awkward pauses where I just couldn't think of what to say. Those parts is where I do say something, but I just don't like what I say, and I just cut that out. And it's always the constant worry of, do I sound all right? And when I is what I'm saying just simply filler in order to achieve the minimum time? Am I just repeating myself? But I listen back on it, and I feel good about it. I definitely see some areas which I could do better in, but overall, it's pretty good. Now the archetypes we discussed in this course, I loved exploring them as they're familiar. I can look at them and actually understand and be able to point out who those characters are, what they're doing, how the story is supposed to go. But I also do enjoy the retellings that we did as it's just as fun to see these same characters in these same positions doing something different. And overall, this course has definitely been a unique experience, but one that I've been glad to be able to participate in. Now, this is the part where... I start discussing about the extra credit opportunity that was presented to me in the form of analyzing my performance in the first podcast I did. In fact, here's a clip from the first podcast that I did. Yanks out the immediate, like, obvious fairy tale ending and, and puts forth another struggle for the brother and sister to overcome. In Brother and Sister, it was the stepsister masquerading as the queen, while the real sister was dead. And in here, it's the king is the dragon. But they eventually kill the dragon, and get their father back, and uh, and it actually does end in the typical fairy tale ending with them with them actually becoming promoted to to the actual rulers of the land as their parents see themselves not fit after the whole dragon thing. So yeah, there there you have it. I know I'm definitely doing something wrong here as I just feel like I'm saying a whole lot without really saying anything in particular I in the future I definitely want to try to actually make whatever I say actually important to whatever we're discussing I definitely try to cut out some of that stuff like when I was just talk, just talking about like the king and stuff like that I probably do better if I just didn't ramble on as much as I did there. So anyways, the original tale that I was actually discussing about was Little Brother and Little Sister, and you can definitely see some of the archetypes in it fitting very similar with like a lot of other fairy tales that we've discussed, such as the classic female protagonist marrying royalty, supernatural forces coming together to aid our heroes, and, of course, the all-important villain being punished. But I still hold to what I was talking about in that original recording, in that this tale is about familial bonds, specifically that of, say, brother and sister. And with that, I've been Bo Scott. Thank you for
7: listening. The experience I've had in this course, through reading and analyzing fairy tales and the deeper themes that underlie each story, has taught me much about why fiction matters, why archetypes matter, and what breaking them down can accomplish. The biggest takeaway I've had in this class is that no story is on accident. Authors aren't just writing the fairy tales we've examined for no reason. There's a point to each story, and it's up to us to figure out what exactly that point is. Fiction matters because it's not real, and thus gives the author complete control over the message he or she is attempting to tell. It's no surprise that we've spent our time this term breaking down fairy tales, all of which are works of fiction that attempt to tell a deeper story beyond that which is evident on the surface. Most of the fairy tales we've read this term have been cautionary tales, tales in which the author uses the story itself as a metaphor for a deeper message, warning the reader not to engage in X or to stay away from Y and so on. The author would likely find it challenging to meticulously utilize the inner workings of his or her narrative to tell a bigger story, if the story was completely factual, to say the least. Fiction matters because it gives the author the necessary foundation to craft and deliver his or her message exactly as they think it should be communicated to the reader, leaving nothing within the tale as a result of chance or coincidence. Archetypes matter because they give all works of fiction, especially fairy tales, a common vocabulary. Archetypes are simply common themes within the human experience that the reader can relate to. In a way, archetypes connect all works of fiction together through similar manifestations of archetypes, like the hero, the fool, the witch, and so on, which are found in so many works we've examined in this class alone, for example readers that are aware of common archetypes and their meanings will be able to identify the literary mechanisms at work in pieces of fiction and ultimately grasp a better understanding of what the author was ultimately trying to communicate to the reader. Put simply, archetypes are a shared common vocabulary within works of fiction that help the reader better understand the point of a story. But why analyze, break down, and try to find the author's point of writing a story. Usually, the author's ultimate message within a story is simple. A simple piece of advice, or a simple warning to the reader. The author thought it was important for the reader to know. Going so far as to craft and construct an entire story just to relay that simple message to the reader. And as the reader, it's important to realize that the author's message may be just that, important. Who knows the parallels we can draw between the story, its message, and our own lives? It's impossible to know if we don't take the time to break down and understand stories. Some of the wisest minds of humanity have communicated through metaphor and storytelling, so I believe it wise to glean as much deep meaning out of works of literary fiction as possible. Thank you.
8: So far in English class, we've made two podcasts. And I've been really proud of the work that I've put in in those two podcasts. But after learning some new things in class after recording these podcasts, I will admit that I did do some things wrong and say some wrong things in these podcasts. The first thing that I regret from my podcast is it comes from my first Anarchy podcast, which was retelling Little Brother and Little Sister. I talked about some of the archetypes that pertain in every fairy tale. Listen here. There are some common themes in the two stories that I mentioned earlier that are constant in every fairy tale. For example, the two protagonists end up happily together, magic and special powers are always involved, a third party coming in and helping solve the resolution, main characters dealing with tough backgrounds, and also sacrifice. I said there that the characters always end up happily together and there's always a happy ending. But this isn't necessarily true. I actually read today a story called Pied Piper by Jacob and Wilhelm Grum where this was not the case. In this story, there was a man who came to dispose of all these rats and save a city. But after they didn't pay him, he also disposed of all the children. And then that was the end of the story. There was nothing else to it. There was no happy ending. Then also, in the second podcast, we use Story of the Fisherman as our source story. And in that source story, there wasn't necessarily a happy ending. It was just a man who caught a genie and threw it away. It wasn't about any characters that were in love or any siblings that ended up having a bond. It was just two characters, one lost in 1-1. I also mentioned in that quote that every single fairy tale, there's main characters dealing with tough backgrounds, but this actually isn't the case. I'm sure if you were to watch a modern fairy tale in a modern days where there's less poverty, there's less suffering and life is just kind of better for everyone. Nowadays, these characters don't necessarily have bad backgrounds. Um, there would be like a princess or there would be a Cinderella just in the story that I used for my first Anarchy podcast. Um, I watched a movie called Princess, A Modern Fairy Tale. This princess actually came from a very good life. She lived in a castle, and she didn't have much struggling in her life. She actually was very wealthy. So I actually don't think that's necessarily true. And those two things are kind of something I messed up on in the first podcast. In the second podcast, I thought I used too small of a story. We did our our podcast that week about One Thousand and One Nights. One Thousand and One Nights is a collection of fairy tales centered around a frame story. Instead of using that frame story, we used one of the small stories of the collection. We thought this would be easier because we had to read the story in the podcast, but there wasn't much to talk about for all of us, and I feel like we all kind of made the same points. We should have read one of the small stories that was titled One Thousand and One Nights, or just the frame story in general. With the story of the fisherman, it eventually got kind of bland because it was just such a small story. It didn't even really follow the main story format. It didn't really pertain to a lot of the archetypes we talked about in class because it was just a small three page story. So I do kind of regret not doing a more big story and not doing the frame story of 1001 Nights. Overall, I'm really proud of the work that I've done in this class so far. Those are just some small things that I could have done a little better to improve my projects thus far. I've really enjoyed my time in this class thus far. I enjoy reading fairy tales and not something more bland. I enjoy podcasting an alternative to writing essays and taking tests. In this course, I learned about terms such as archetypes, motifs, anarchy, and more, as well as why fiction matters. I've also learned about the common story themes, which pertains to just about everything I watch, from movies to TV series to fairy tales. Fiction has actually changed a lot over the years because this is what fiction does. It uses its platform to reflect the times we live in and show what the world is like, perhaps what it should be like. In the olden days, we saw much more sexism, evil, violence, spells, things of that nature in these stories. They even use different language style, like more motifs. An example of this is in Snow White, as they repeat, mirror, mirror, on the wall, who in the land is fairest of all? But if you watch or read a fairy tale from now, it'll be much different because our society has improved and there's less of those things modern fairy tale would use themes of our current life, like money, and it would use less hate and more love and more sacrifice, things of that nature, and less violence as our, li- as our world has kind of been less violent in, uh, nowadays. Authors use current times to write their stories. They don't really use it off olden times. They use it of how life is now, and they use those themes to express how they feel about the world. Common archetypes such as love, sacrifice, conflict, etc. will always be there but some aspects of the story will change based on what our world is like. Overall, fiction matters because these aren't just stories that these authors want to write for fun. These authors want to make a point. They want to provide a message. They want to stand up for the times that are today and kind of show the world what times are like in that time period. It kind of works as a history lesson because I've learned what times were like in the 1800s where where Snow White's grandmother tries killing her because she's more beautiful than her. more things of that nature. I know that's kind of fiction, but at the same time, that's something that kind of pertains in real in real life back then. There was more violence and there was less kind of hesitance to, to kill. Um, and there was more things, more people were kind of meaner back then. Oftentimes, this life lesson is that the good guys always win or do not do certain things that involve violence and just kind of promote good in the world, no matter what's going on in the current world. Um, I think these authors really want to show the world what what should happen, you know, and, and Snow White, the, the grandmother ends up dying after trying to kill her, her, her daughter. That's the way it should be in, in the world. And that's the way kind of these stories in, entail it So when a lady reads this story there, they can be moved by it and they can kind of have less violence and less be less mean because they, these, these stories show that that's kind of the wrong thing to do. And that's why fiction matters. It, it really Um, It it uses its platform to kind of send a message to to citizens of all times. Archetypes are themes that are perceived as norms. Um, There are common archetypes in almost every fairy tale. Some common character archetypes are a king and a queen, a wise man, a princess, etc. Some other normal archetypes in fairy tales are love, conflict, magic, things of that nature. Authors break archetypes to make their stories different and add different elements to their work. And if they didn't break archetypes, um, every story would be the same, you know. Frozen uses different archetypes: Cinderella, Snow White, uh, Rapunzel. They all use different archetypes, and that's kind of what happens. And they they kind of break different archetypes as well. So they just kind of they use some of the same themes. There's some archetypes that are universal. Um, the common story theme um, is kind of a universal archetype in a way. Love's always um, featured in these stories. Magic. Things like that, but at the same time, they all kind of have their unique element, and this is, happens in real life, and it happens, and it happens in fairy tales as well. But archetypes don't only exist in fairy tales. Archetypes exist in our real life. In real life, they're they're a very common example of a person, place, or thing. My example of of real-life archetypes is actually this class. This class is what I like about it is it actually breaks the archetypes of most English classes. Most English classes, you know, they do busy work and they write essays and they don't do as much maybe discussions as we do in class and more, you know, group work. But we do group work. We do podcasts. We do all kinds of fun things that kind of break the archetypes of English classes. And why is this important? It's important to kind of be creative and be your own person and break the kind of the archetypes of, Of normal world and just kind of have your own identity with things. And I think that's what makes this class fun. And I think that's important in all kinds of aspects of life. I'm really proud of all that I've learned in this class. And I've actually truly enjoyed doing these podcasts. This class truly is creative um, in the way we do things and that I really enjoy.
0: Archetypes and Anarchy is produced by me, Courtney Floyd, and researched and written by my spring 2018 Introduction to Fiction students at the University of Oregon. Our theme music is Music Box by The Underscore Orchestra, and our closing music is Wolf, It's Really Rather Rad, by High Arches, both of which are available under a Creative Commons license at the Free Music Archive.
9: The sound of the wolf that lives in the woods That comes to my back door from time to time Shake the hand of the sun that burns above Reaches down over everyone Got your Jekyll and heart, your monster inside Pouring water over your fire I girl, a the soul Then I need to go back into the I'm told Not a single living thing Needs to be left out You can find in the garden What's missing in yourself There's a spot where Back in access Connected by the number nine Can you think in visions And breathe in rhythms Dream an ocean Over your lips It brings a deeper meaning A powerful feeling Brings us the myths we're told And it's only clean water That supports the Things that we're trying to grow Not a single Living self needs to be left out. You can find in the garden what's missing in yourself. Have you seen the way the speaker makes a pattern in the sand when the frequency is just right? Oh man, it's really rather rare.